Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on Truth Social, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Getter, Tumblr, and Linktree. And you can listen and download our shows by going to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And don't miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Don't miss this post, The Materializing of Evil, Orion's Shadow. Orion's Shadow, Materializing of Evil, has prophecy, stars, signs, aliens, and purebred evil. Against this comes purity, redemption, and truth in a battle as old as life itself. Do not miss this post, Witness of Jesus and the Word of God. Every society at one time has faced or will face the undeniable truth of the witness of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Do not miss this post, American Choice, Blessing or Cursing. American Choice, Blessing or Cursing has not been a concern over the decades since my birth. For that matter, in recent memory, you can attribute an attitude of America that is anti-Christ. Do not miss this post, Clarity Radicalized Agenda. American Clarity Radicalized Agenda has many wondering how this nation got to the point of such upheaval. The years of division in America have drug on. Find the truth of this battle. And the latest post on warn-usa.com. Do not miss this post. Deadfast Pursuit of Christ's Faithful Saints, Part 1. Classic Warn Radio Series. Faithful saints are to keep the faith. We are to stand for Christ Jesus and also for ourselves, so that no man takes away our crown. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising. It's a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. The Rising details a takeover of America. We continue the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper. He battles to survive the forces bent on destroying him and America. Having escaped death many times, can Mac save the United States? Find out by getting your copy of The Rising. Be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren radio newsletter by going to DanaGlennSmith.com 
where you can also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature The Rising, and you can get your copy there. And now I welcome the Watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. This is supposedly autumn, but see, we start our autumn and our summer at the beginning of the month. Yeah, like June 1st, September 1st. Yeah. yeah. All the scientists do it later on. No, they do it. I think it's the meteorologists do it for the first of the month to, to track the weather patterns think that's why they do that but today was the equinox at least that's what it said i've been yeah. paying much attention i don't pay attention to that either yeah i don't know what day the equinox is on i think it really started for turn and fall around the first part of september i mean you could really see the difference you could the change was there well you know we up here we do you know when you go from one month to another you know, uh, uh, you know, within the winter change. Uh, I mean, you can really tell it. You can tell when you're in the months of winter. And then all of a sudden, when you get to a certain month, it just changes magically. You know, just like, boom. It does. And all of a sudden, it's different. It can still be a little chilly or, or something. But the weather's totally different. Yes. And we were in... Uh, 85, 90, 95 degree weather, and then we turned around and wound up in 80 degree and 75, and just like that, <clears throat> which is all right. But you know we're pretty acclimated to 80 degrees, so. Yep. So at any rate, we're here. We're in Isaiah 48. 48. Yeah. Don't want to be late. <clears throat> so tonight on Battle Lines, Redemption, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 147. Redemption reminds us in Isaiah's, in Isaiah, of God's mercy and grace along with provision. The supernatural power and sustaining miracles that provided for the people during these times of trouble cannot be missed. We remember as Israel fled Egypt, Scripture says they spoiled the Egyptians and had flocks of animals. Fleeing as captives from Babylon, they may not have had provisions, yet the Lord would provide, guide, and sustain them all the way back to Jerusalem and the land of Israel. What is more, this section leads to important messianic prophecies coming up. And now back to you. I'll see you on the other side. Okay. 
Yes, we are here. Isaiah 48:20. Now we left off on Isaiah 19. And uh, God is wrapping up a number of, the Lord's wrapping up a number of, uh, a section. And this particular section talks about, you know, if they would have listened to him. <laughs> then thy peace would have been as a river and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. And then 19 uh, continues that. And it, it's interesting to note, you know, that sounds uh, like our Father in Heaven. You know, if you would have listened, it wouldn't have been so bad. You know, if, you know, Mom's telling little Johnny, you need to mind. It'll go a lot better for you. I remember my dad telling me about, his, about my uncle, his brother, who just wouldn't listen. And he said, why don't you just mind him once in a while? He said, he will, you know, it'll be easier for you. <laughs> and that's what this, this really reminds me of, is, is that relationship God has with his creation. Why would you mess with a stubborn creation? Because he is a God of mercy and grace. Now, of course, if you don't know him, if you haven't been born again through Yahshua and through the blood of the covenant, you may not understand this. And you may see as all the problems in the world God's fault. But the problems in the world are because of sin and the fallen nature. And, there, you know, <laughs> and, and that ain't the only issue here. But when we look at this section, it is, you know, these are classic verses. Absolutely. Isaiah 48, 20. Go ye forth of Babylon. Flee you, or ye, from the Chaldeans with the voice of singing. And declare ye, tell this. Utter ye it even unto the end of the earth. Say ye. The Lord has redeemed his ser servant Jacob. Now, when I look at this, the first thing at the end I see is the Lord's redeemed his servant Jacob. Well, he did redeem his servant Jacob when he delivered him out of Egypt. And he delivered Abraham out of trouble, redeeming Abraham from trouble. And... In his covenant, you know, he was looking after all the children of Abraham. And, you know, when we look at Christians, we, you know, in the new covenant, you know, we talk about, well, I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm redeemed. And those being past tense... We use that because we're saved by grace, but through faith. And we believe this stuff, and we believe upon the Lord. And he has given us the power to become the sons of God. That's in John 1. So there's a, ful a fulfillment for Christians. 
And that's why we look forward to the coming of the Lord, because when we see him, we shall be like him. So, although we say that we're saved, we're redeemed, we know the Lord, those things, even said in past tense, reflect our faith that God is good to his word, that he's not man, he can't lie, won't lie, and so we can trust him in that. And so I think it's really important to understand this relationship. You know, when you're in, when we're dealing in Isaiah, you know, the blood of the covenant and the sealing by the Messiah, Yahshua, Jesus, hadn't occurred yet. And everything is on a timeline with the Lord. There's a season for everything. And, of course, we have to go through that, what we call the Old Covenant. And it had its, you know, its aspects to it as well. And so here we find him telling the children of Israel, Judah, to go out of Babylon, flee the Chaldeans. Now, of course, Cyrus is his anointed who came in, and he was going to come in and destroy this. Now, the big timeline here is that we think about is did they go out of Babylon after Cyrus or before Cyrus and in order to go out ahead of time then Babylon wouldn't have let them so most of the going forth would had have been done after they had already been defeated by Cyrus but see this first one, there were several immigrations, immigrations or uh, trips from Babylon of Jews that went down, you know, into Jerusalem and, and their land before they fully got everything done, like the temple built. So it took them a while. But the, but the issue here is, is that we always remember Babylon. And it's interesting to note that John, when talking about this infamous place we call Mystery Babylon, you know, and the vision that John saw, you know, and, and it says, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. And this is really interesting for us today. Because even in America as Christians, we should come out of America. Now, and I've touched on this, there, there's, spiritually speaking, there are two coming outs. There's coming out of her, in this manner, as a believer, not being a partaker of her sin. You know, being clean. Uh, walking in the light of the Lord. Not doing the things that they do. And that's a big part of the Christian. And the other co coming out is physically departing Mystery Babylon. But see, the thing of it is, if you were physically departing, you wouldn't have to be worried so much about partaking of her sins because you've already departed. Yeah, same way with the plagues. But 
see, it's really important to be separated unto the Lord. Even in the time that God is speaking to Israel, he's bringing them out. And they had sinned. And under the old covenant and God forgiving them after 70 years, he was going to bring them out. He was going to forgive them of anything else. He was going to bring them out. He was going to retrain them, going to teach them the law, going to take them down there. There's going to be a temple, and he's going to restore them. They were totally restored. Now, see, we're not talking about the new covenant because it hadn't even occurred yet. But, see, yet when we look at this, the one thing that we have is the same thing. We have a Babylon too, only this is mystery Babylon. This is not like the Babylon of old. It was a city-state. Mystery Babylon has iniquity and sin like you wouldn't believe. They deceive the nations. And so it was important for the Lord to make a point in Revelation 18 where he tells them, he says, come out of her, my people, that you be not partaker of her sins, receive not of her plagues. The other thing is, is that if they would have left Babylon altogether, would have been pretty hard, mystery Babylon, because in, her influence was worldwide. And so when we say, well, if we just leave mystery Babylon, we're not going to have a problem. Yeah, you will, because the sins and iniquity have reached every place by this point. And God is going to discuss about the judgment there. And that's like America today. We are affected and infected in America with godlessness and lawlessness. And whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, this stuff is there. Like it said of Lot, that his soul was vexed by the evil deeds he witnessed every day in Sodom. And so these are the important things. So we do have a relationship here when we see, you know, Babylon in Isaiah, because it was the powerhouse of its day. But see, they didn't worry about trying to infect everybody with their beliefs. <coughs> Babylon was a war machine, and God had called them down to judge Judah. But they got in trouble when they did do that because they took some of the, you know, they pillaged the temple, did a lot of other things. And God called them on their pride and how they dealt with Judah itself. They treated him pretty bad. And so God was going to judge him for that. But see here he says, when you flee him, Flee or leave with the voice of singing. And and you're to declare it to the end of the earth. That the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. He wanted it broadcast. And meanwhile we look back at mystery Babylon. Her sins had reached unto heaven. God remembered her iniquities. God remembered the iniquities of Babylon here, and her sins had reached up to heaven. But see, in mystery Babylon, it says, Re reward her even as she rewarded you. 
double under her double according to her works. In the cup which she has filled, fill to her double. So double for a double is four times. Any way you look at it. So at any rate, we're here in Isaiah 48.20. And when you look at Jeremiah 51, 44 through 49, Jeremiah writes, And I'll punish Bel in Babylon. And I'll bring forth out of his mouth that which he has swallowed up, and the nation shall not flow together any more unto him. Yea, and the wall of Babylon shall fall. In other words, he's not going to, their gods are going to be brought down. And they're not going to be able to just swallow up anybody they want to and have the proceeds, get rich, you know, take people captive, resell them, take their goods, take their cattle, whatever they have. They're not going to do that anymore. And the massive walls of Babylon are going to fall just like the massive walls of Nineveh fell. And it says, My people, go ye out of the midst of her, and deliver you every man his soul from the fierce anger of the Lord. So now, when we were talking before, that, that it looked like from that verse there, that, you know, to go forth... It would be kind of hard to go forth if it was totally before Cyrus had attacked. Because they wouldn't have let him. But you see it says here, go out ye of the midst of her and deliver your soul. And when I, when I look at that, I, I see this war and I see Cyrus attacking and they're able to get the people out. The people are are leaving even in the midst of this chaos they can get out and it says unless your heart faint and you fear from the rumor that shall be heard in the land a rumor shall come both come one year and after that in another year shall come a rumor and violence in the land ruler against ruler therefore behold the days come that I will do judgment under the graven images of Babylon, and her whole land shall be confounded, and all her slain shall fall in the midst of her. Then heaven and earth and all that therein is shall sing for Babylon, for the spoilers shall come unto her from the north. As Babylon has caused the slain of Israel to fall, so at Babylon shall fall the slain of all the earth." It's interesting that they said that, the slain of all the earth, because mystery Babylon is judged because the blood of all those who have been slain in the earth shall be required of her. So when we look at Babylon, although one's in the old and one's in the new, and they have two different names, there is a reason for mystery Babylon. The bottom line of it is we see a lot of the same thing. And because this... And when we look at the rumor, the rumor is really a good, uh, that's really a good part of this when it talks about it. But we're not doing Jeremiah here. But that, that has a big thing because there's rumors that come. And there's also those. And, and when we look at the rumor, we look at the word conspiracy, where people build a conspiracy and start a rumor, you know, uh, in, in order for some political purpose here. 
And, uh, of course, they're waiting for Babylon to come. I mean, for the Lord's judgment to come. So these rumors could have come out of the midst of Israel or Judah itself, rather. But they did come. And the thing of it is, is you don't pay attention to the rumors. You have to understand that when the Lord does stuff, you know, it's going to be unawares. Everything you see about the Lord coming, you will not know the hour of the day. That's for the wicked. They will not know the hour of the day. But the righteous can discern the times, especially through the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So they would know when it's time to run, when it's time to go. But see, Babylon was pillaged. And they were pillaging in the midst of her. And Babylon was responsible for the slain of Israel to Paul. And at Babylon, there's going to be a slain, you know, many people who who are going to Paul. And so this is one of the reasons when the Lord says, you know, you need to go out with singing and you need to get out. And that's the reason that in Mystery Babylon, it says, you need to come out of her, not be like her. You, you need to be walking in the light. You need to be born again and know the Lord and walking in the righteousness of Christ as well as keeping yourself untainted from the world. Because if you imbibe of the sins of Babylon, and I can tell you right now, in America, we have got a lot of sins. And even the church has partaken of some of them. You cannot partake of those things. We are in a filthy land right now in America. And I have warned this country for a long, long, long time. And it's filthy. And if you think your money, you think your Congress, and you think, you know, it's okay, it's not okay. Because eventually it's going to catch up with you, and God does not forget. And that's why it would be better for America to repent. But for the most part, when judgment comes on these countries, they're not going to repent. Nineveh is the only one that did repent as far as examples of God's judgment. But then they forgot why they repented. And 70 years later, Nahum warns, warns of the judgment. So make no mistake about it. And, and I think what is good, go forth out of Babylon. That's verse 20. We covered that. Verse 21, it says, And they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts, and caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He clave the rock also, and the waters gushed out. Now, you see, the thing of it is, is that we've already gone through in Isaiah, in previous sections where the prophet was talking about all this, and God goes through these, uh, the prophet goes through all this and talks about God, how God did work with them and how God did deliver them and all of that. And matter of fact, there's a lot of emphasis that's put on how God went out of his way to help them and in spite of what they did. You know, if you remember back with Israel, they wanted meat to eat, and they were mad at God, and they weren't thankful. And some of them, you know, God caused a, a whole flock of birds to come in, and they were eating them. And while they ate them, some of them died with the meat in their 
throats because they had been so blasphemous against the Lord. And and there was a lot of these kind of judgments back there because when you, you know, it's not like today, you know, you can hear people being blasphemous, you know, their sins, all of a sudden they repent and, you know, everything's fine and dandy randy. But in the Old Testament, you did something wrong across the, the Lord God. You know, you could wind up deadered in a fence post. And, uh, you know, and for all of that, Israel still didn't listen. And they sought other gods. They defiled the temple. Jeremiah came and warned them. They never listened. So, see, we're here now. At the end of all of this, they've paid their 70 years. And the prophet is again reminding them. The benefits of God delivering them. And they thirsted not when he let them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He claved the rock also and the waters gushed out. What they don't tell you is Moses got in trouble because of uh, the striking of the rock. But I think in all of this, the one verse. And see, this is a verse that we as believers today use. Isaiah 48:22. And uh, <laughs> and if you go to Romans three ten through eighteen, you have a little breakdown that goes along with this. Now in Isaiah forty eight twenty two it says, "There is no peace," saith the Lord, "unto the wicked." Now see, in America we have wokeness going on. We have every kind of thing happening in America that you could think of. And it can be said that the salt lost its savor, let's say, somewhat in America. And that America rejected the stone we had here that had been placed, which was Christian faith through Christ. He was that cornerstone in America. Our forefathers talk about it. Those who wrote the Constitution, Bill of Rights, the ones who went before us, knew of the Lord God. Now today, we're in a different situation totally. And we are getting more... I tell people that the fruits of Mystery Babylon are already in the world today. And this is what you have to understand about the cup the woman has. Different nations have different abominations. One, one nation may have an abomination to excess, while another nation won't have that one at all. And uh, they might have it a little, but they won't have it near like what America has it. And in many ways, America has been in the forefront of all the nations during World War II, even during World War I, and during the Vietnam War and going on up the, the Korean War. You know, it was always in the forefront. And now with Joe Biden in there and wandering around half the time, not, any, not even knowing things and mumbling. Now, I listened to this man when he was running. I listened to his speeches. And, and I can tell you that 
there was times I couldn't even understand what he was saying because it was gibberish. And personally, I think there are people that are manipulating this guy. I think they don't want to declare uh, him incompetent for one reason, because they're getting what, they're, what they want done. They tell him what to sign and what to do, and he does it, and uh, they lead him around like a two-year-old. And then sometimes they let him go, like he went to the burial of the queen in the U.K., and uh, that didn't go very well. But you see, the thing of it is, we don't know because nobody says anything. But I can tell you that that uh, not too long ago, it was, I don't know, maybe a year ago, the Lord had told me, you know, I felt in my spirit the words coup d'etat was going on in this Biden administration. That they weren't trying to overthrow the presidency. They were trying to, those in the presidency were trying to overthrow America. And that's exactly what they've been doing. And so you have to understand, these are the things we're talking about when we talk about there's no peace under the wicked. Now see, the wicked have a day of darkness that they rule. And the Lord speaks of that, especially in terms with him going to the cross. Because the demons of darkness felt that they needed to kill him. The only thing of it is they didn't understand that if they killed him, they would actually fulfill the blood of the covenant, the sacrifice of the Son of God, and bring eternal redemption for all those who would accept it forever. And that he would conquer all principalities and powers, and they would have no power at all. And so, we do see the power of darkness. But see, the other thing, in the midst of this whole thing, there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. And I think that's something the Christians need to understand. Now, we as believers should have peace. And I can tell you. And I know that there's believers out there. And they get the same way. You get disturbed over what you see, just like Lot, the evil deeds vexed his soul. And I got some news today from uh, somebody local here that's working with one of the national arms uh, that are monitoring uh, the stuff that's in the schools. And this is in the libraries here locally. And they warn not to go to that, but it shows you what they're against. I went to it, and it was like raw pornography in uh, um cartoon form in you know the old uh, uh, cartoon books you know the, whatever they call those things they don't even have them I don't think anymore but y y you could get them and they'd be all cartoons in book form well that's what this was it was about sex raw potent sex showed them how to do it this is going to our schools this is going to the young kids and they've been doing this all along folks we just found out about what they're trying to do in the libraries down here in the schools so make no mistake that's coming out of this stench of mystery Babylon and the woman who's riding on the beast 
and it's going to flow through the entire world. And so the one thing we see in here is that God delivering his people and Babylon getting her, her due and some of the enemies of Babylon being able to get back by pillaging Babylon, being involved in this, because Cyrus being a Persian, you know, his armies would have pillaged it. But the one thing Cyrus had as a goal was to set the Jews free, send them back to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. That was his goal. And he admitted that, and you can find that in Scripture. And so that breaks off of chapter 48 then. And we come to chapter 49. And I think one of the things... Uh, I'm thinking about the division of the books of the Old Testament. And the Lord refers to the division in Luke 24:44. And uh, he says, "These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, that's the Pentateuch, in the prophets, and in the Psalms." concerning me and so the Pentateuch is the five books of Moses the prophets you know it it has uh, quite a portion Joshua judges uh, first and second Samuel first and second Kings And they were called the former prophets. And then Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the books from Hosea to Malachi were the latter prophets. Now, see, we broke those down in ours into major and minor prophets. Um, and that's kind of how we looked at it in Bible school as well. And Daniel was totally excluded from this portion uh, by later Jews and was assigned to the third division and they thought of him as an historical writer and that reminds me of Josephus and it has been said on Daniel that his prophecies were so close to coming true I mean actual that you know it would have been impossible but it was possible And so there's a lot in this when we talk about this and all this has come together. Now, in Isaiah 49.1, beginning all this, it says, Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken you people from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother, has he made mention of my name. Now, the thing that I like about Isaiah 49 we can look in here and see what I call the greater son of David, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Savior, and our Lord, mentioned in these things, in the prophecies. While at the same time, we can reflect on these and bring them into close context with uh, 
Isaiah and what he is speaking directly to the people. Hearken unto me. And see, he's talking to a people far off. And the Lord has called me from the womb, which, you know, a, a lot of the prophets were called that way. From the bowels of my mother has he made mention of my name. And these are the same way that you can even talk about John the Baptist. You can talk about the Lord. Because you can see divinity here. You can see the hand of God in this. And so the address is to the people from afar in the first three verses. And he's made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he has hid me. And made me a polished shaft in his quiver has he hid me. Now he uses all that comparison and metaphors in order to make you understand that the job he's about ready to do, he's going to go up with people that are going to be tough. And they may not listen. And they may come against him. So his mouth is going to be like a sharp sword. Now if you think of the Lord coming back in Revelation, who is known prophetically as prophet, priest, and king, among many, many other things, the Alpha and Omega and Revelation 1, he calls himself um, the Almighty. And in Revelation 22, the last chapter, he says, I come quickly. And before he says that, he that is wicked, let him be wicked still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he gives you a couple more comparisons in that. And then he says, for I come quickly and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. It's a sharp two-edged sword. That we see in Revelation him coming back. And he will destroy them with the sword of his mouth. He'll just speak the word. And in the shadow of his hand he hid me. And he made me a polished shaft. And in his quiver he hath hid me. And, and that's, you know, God can do that. He can teach a prophet totally. John the Baptist came out of the desert. And, and God had to prepare him. He had to understand and hear the voice of the Lord. He had to be able to discern. He had to know what was right, what was wrong, what the message was. And so in that respect, you know, he was hid literally. The Lord, you know, when you listen to the Jews talking about him, they said uh, out of Jerusalem or out of uh Galilee, no prophet is going to come. But see, what they didn't know is, is that they had taken the babe down in Egypt to hide him from the king who was seeking to destroy him, and then they brought him back. So in this respect, the Lord had been hid for many, many years. And even when he was finally revealed, they said, well, this is, you know, his mother is Mary... And his dad is Joseph. You know, the carp he's the carpenter's son. You know, and that's what they knew. But they didn't know the rest of the part. They didn't know his roots. And when they, even when they saw the miracles, they wouldn't believe it. No man, you know, they never saw miracles 
like that. And yet, they, they didn't believe. They got jealous. And, of course, there is a prophecy to that about them not being able to do that. But you see, this is how the Lord works, and God is working. And this is what Isaiah is bringing up. And the good thing about Isaiah, he's telling you a story about delivering his people from Babylon, while at the same time he gives you scriptures and stuff that will fit the Messiah and fit what what he is. And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword, and that's exactly what the Lord God did with uh, John the Baptist. He did that with Isaiah. In the shadow of his hand he hid me. A lot of times these guys that the Lord uses, you don't even know where they come from. You don't see them ahead of time. They came out of nowhere and made me a polished shaft, and that's ready for war when you're a polished shaft. And in his quiver he has hid me, he has a quiver full of weapons, arrows that he fires. And the Lord sent his prophet into the midst of that. Our God and our Father sent his son. You know, pulled him out of his quiver and sent him like a polished shaft into the midst of the world. And there the Son of God made his debut and died on the cross and conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave all in one swoop. And that's how the Lord works. So when he tells you something, when he warns you about what's coming with Mystery Babylon, when he tells you that the Lord's coming back, I mean, all these things are going to happen, but in his time. And up until that point, you're going to hear people that will conspire together, that will talk, they will teach, they will false teach. Because at this time, right now, we are in the time of intense false prophets, false teachers, every kind of evil and wickedness. It's the mystery of iniquity. And that's, you know, personally, that's the only time we could be in because of the way this thing rose. But this could easily quiet down and then the real mystery of iniquity come later. But see, this stuff began to happen and there's been intense signs in the heavens like the double blood moons. And that happened twice in one year. And uh, then you had uh, the eclipse that cut America in half with the way that it did things. And that signified the division here. And so in verse 3 it says, And he said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. And within this verse, Thou art my servant, O Israel. And so you got the first one. The obvious If you just take this verse alone with nothing else, you would say it's the Jews representing the servant of Jehovah, and they're the ones that are getting delivered. And he will be glorified in them when they get delivered. And, of course, you could also say, well, this is referring to Isaiah. And there's various scholars that believe that's what it means. And now Grotus, whom I haven't heard of, but this this is uh, this came up. 
in my own system of studies here. Thou art my servant for the good of Israel. Well, yeah, when you send a prophet out, they're always going to be for the prophet of those to whom God sends them. But they're not going to be a prophet to those who don't want them around when they're sent to them. Like, for instance, when the Lord went to those of Judah, you know, during the time of the Roman Empire, you know, the chief priests, you know, those who were his enemies were the chief priests, the Sanhedrin, and a lot of the others. And the ones who did support him didn't do it openly. But those who recognized him, you saw healings and deliverances. And there are many commentators, especially when you go through this section, that it fits the Messiah, Yahshua. Absolutely. And so that's why I like this, because the way the way the prophecies go and the way Isaiah writes, you can find some of the greatest prophecies we have of the Messiah are found in Isaiah. And an example of this, when we look at Isaiah 42, for instance, 1 through 4, it says, Behold my servant, whom I am uphold, mine elect, and whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. And he shall bring forth judgment unto truth. And he shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he have set judgment in the earth. And the isles shall wait for his law. Now those are verses that are directly connected to the Messiah, Yahshua, Jesus Christ. And Paul writes in Ephesians, But now are you in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off or made nigh by the blood of Christ. You go through that whole section and you can find it some of the most beautiful there is. Verses 13 through 22. And in verse uh, 20, it says, Are built, now therefore you no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God, and are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Then you, you can get down in Revelation 19, and this is where he comes back. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him it was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and a name written on him that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Of course, the armies of, of heaven followed him. Out of his mouth went that sharp sword. And he had on his vesture and his thigh a name written, King of King and Lord of Lords. Now see, we in the Christian church, we know these verses. But you have to understand, when you look at all that, now Albert Barnes says of these verses, when you get to Isaiah. And let me go back. Get down here. We're going to be going into Isaiah 4. 
And these verses, 4 through 8, according to Albert Barnes, can be applied to none other than the Messiah. And although Israel and Jacob are both mentioned herein, we find in Scripture the names of Moab, Edom, and Asher were given to denote the foes of God, and Elijah was given to refer to John the Baptist, plus David is also given to the Messiah. And I'm using, I'm bringing these things up because prophetically and in, in the verbiage, when we look at the Word of God, these names are used not just for people in the Old Testament, but they're used for different places and different things or can all refer to something else um, within their context. So, verse 4. Let's see if we can get through this. Then I said, I've labored in vain, I've spent my strength for naught, and in vain, yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. Now, the thing, when we really look at it, we can see. Israel was a servant of God, and yet they failed. And both houses went into judgment. And in the labor of Israel, Judah found herself laboring under bondage, and the northern tribes were cast out into the nations. But the labor of Israel eventually produced the Messiah, because the Messiah had to come out of Judah. And, um, and it was the Lord that was formed in the womb. And of course, you know, if we talk about the anointed of the Lord, Cyrus was anointed of the Lord as well. The Lord can anoint and use anybody. And so these are interesting when we look at that. In a local context, I've labored in vain. I've spent my strength for naught in vain, and surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. Now, that's anybody that is serving the Lord. You are going to labor and sometimes think that it's laboring in vain, that people don't listen, and, and many of them don't. I've spent my strength for naught. You've worked hard, and it seems like you've, done, you've not gone anywhere. And, and sometimes it seems like it's in vain, no good. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord. It's the Lord that judges your work. It's the Lord that blesses the work. It's the Lord that extends that and blesses it. So in the end, every believer, your work, your judgment, everything you have is found in the Lord God through Jesus Christ. Now, if you use that same verse there and apply it to Isaiah 53... This is exactly where you see the Messiah coming in. And we're going to have to stop there. So we will begin at Isaiah again, Isaiah 49 here. And uh, because we're, we are running out of time. Father, we thank you for your word. We bless you for your word. We thank you for this and for the studies. 
Lord, I pray that you would bless your people, help them to understand and receive it, encourage them, grant them peace, and deliver them from the evil. Make a way for them. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. And don't forget, you can pick up all these over on our websites at warn-usa.com. Okay, here I am. There you are. Yeah, boy, it sure went fast. It does. And you never get to um, cover as much as you want covered. Well, you know, we are doing our shows. And, uh, and that's about what we do in our show. Those are a good link, links. We, we do cover a lot of stuff. And... Uh, these are not your typical exegesis bringing out the meaning of every Hebrew word. This is a different, this is going through Isaiah and bringing out what's happening and at the same time reflecting upon the new covenant, how it connects to Isaiah. So at any mm. rate, we're going to have to say goodbye here okay. in, in a minute or two. Um, be sure to join the Watchmen tomorrow for Sound the Shofar. And is this um, James three thirteen and 18? Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. And that's on Sound the Shofar tomorrow. And we're glad you joined us whenever you do. Thank you for all you do for the Lord. We love you. We pray for you. We always hope the best for you and the Lord. Stay safe. Be careful. Pray for your brethren around the world. Pray for us as we pray for you. We love you. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go to our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Listen to the shows, read the articles, and until next time, take care of yourself. Don't forget to pick up the book, The Rising, by Dana Glenn Smith. The links are over on our website. Get it, read it, and send me a comment through our website. Tell us what you think. Until next time, be safe. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.